Hello, welcome back everybody. Really glad to be back with everybody now. Before we begin, Mel, how's your arm? Really sore and numb. But other than that, I'm feeling pretty okay for now. So Mel just got her second vaccine, her second jab, and she's sitting to my uh, right. right. And you've got jabbed in your left arm, so I'm so so afraid that I'm going to smash into her. Pretty dangerous position here. Okay, but I'm glad that you're able to join me today though because I wouldn't want to have to film this episode or record this episode alone because today we're going to be talking about the top 10 things you need to know before you start learning crochet and someone that just started recently, which is you, like I thought it would be great to get your opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's so many times where I feel like, uh, if only I knew about this first, or if I had this information beforehand, you know, that would be helpful. And actually, that's also something I get a lot in my classes. Like, sometimes people drop out of classes because they say, ah, if only you had told me Mm. how difficult, you know, XYZ Mm. is, I wouldn't have started. Right. So I thought that, let's cover it now, once and for all, Mm. and... Hopefully, you'll see that it's not so difficult. Or maybe with this information, it makes it easier, right? Yeah, you're more prepared coming into learning crochet for the first time. Okay, so let's hop right in. Number one, the number one thing you need to learn before you start crochet is that you will get tired. Crochet is not a quick and easy thing. It's not something that can be completed in an hour. Mm. I mean, if you're talking about bigger projects, like something just like even a tank top that would take you hours, hours and hours. Just talking about like my hands will feel achy. You will be mentally exhausted Mm. and your hands will ache and your arms will ache sometimes. Because especially if you're just learning, learning how to control tension in your arms, like some people stiffen up as they work. Oh yeah, yeah, that's me, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that is you. And some people hunch over and the more focused they are, crocheting the more hunched over they become and so it's something that you will get over you will sort of learn to train the muscles in your hands as you go along but do know that you will get very tired as you go along it's going to be tedious you're going to feel like you've been working on it forever you'll be exhausted you'll Mm. get hand fatigue arm fatigue and it's just part of learning any craft right not just particular to crochet you could be learning like a guitar for example and you're you're gonna get calluses all of your fingers yeah correct and it's about over time does this uh like get better you get more benefits with it learning and going through this difficult adjustment period i think you definitely do so that's number one number two you will get confused so Confused in what sense? You would be very confused. I'm confused about everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly everything. You'll be confused about pattern, about yarn weights, about mm. hook size, um, everything in general, like how to read instructions. I guess it's the idea that it's not something that you can just start off immediately on the bat like that without any like knowledge Prior or knowledge, yeah. preparation yeah. Uh, and, and all that basically, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's not, it's not something that people... It's, it's not like you uh, you come across it in your everyday life. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's not like paintings or like oh, photography. Or, or for me, it's not like sports, you know. I, oh, you, it doesn't come naturally to you. give me like a, a, a ball and I know like, okay, I, I, I'm just going to dribble. In, in the, you're going to bounce the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm going to bounce the ball. And it's not like I need like, 
Like, yeah, uh, so like, uh, for how example, do I first bounce, learn how to bounce a ball by reading about it or something like that? Yeah, so for example, if you give me a ball, I at least know I have to either throw it or kick it. Yeah, correct, yeah, right. <laughs> right, but yeah, I understand that it's not like that with crochet mm. and therefore you will be confused. And in crochet, it's a very confusing um, topic in general. Uh, excuse the bells and the scuffling sound at the background. That's our little doggy whiskey trying to escape the room. But so it's not like... Uh, you encounter it in your everyday life, you know, and it's a complicated topic to begin with, yeah. which is why we are able to have this podcast episode to talk about all the different things that make crochet so nuanced in itself. Yeah. So that's one thing. You will be confused, but don't panic because it's really all part of the learning process. Mm. And I think the important thing to remember is that there's not, it's not, there's no right and wrong, which we've talked you about. You always say that, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about... Um, in other episodes, it's just what works, works for, for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. So you sort of need to have a level of awareness of what you like and yeah. how your style is in that sense. And also in all honesty, if it's something new to you, if you don't try it out, you will never really know what is it uh, that works for you. Yeah, that's right? true. I mean, I have to try like from A, B, C and then I'll play, okay, yeah, C works better than A. Yeah, and you have to try everything. Yeah. Which brings us to our point number three, which is YouTube. And point number three is that YouTube is a great resource. It's a very big uh, online resource that you can go and search up patterns and things, but it's not the only resource. Okay. Go into your local library, look into crochet books, go read like patterns, go onto like Ravelry, for example, mm-hmm. follow some makers. Um, and a lot of these pers- like makers have their personal style. Mm. So don't learn everything from the school of YouTube only. So my question would be, yes, could this be an issue because there's just a vast knowledge and information where I can draw from and that would in turn make me more confused because now there's just so many things. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's also important to sort of absorb knowledge in different forms. And while YouTube is a great way because you can hear and you can see physically Uh, via a video, you can't really get that from a book. But it's, it's important also to take in different styles because... In crochet, a very big thing is pattern reading. Yeah. And if you're so focused and so used to watching a video, there are some students that attend my, my sessions and they say that without a video, they can't do a pattern. Yeah, if I give them, I print out a physical written pattern. They don't know words. how to use that. Yeah. They don't know how to use it. They don't know how to understand. They don't know how to digest what's being said. Yeah. Even though it could be something, as a sentence could be as simple as single crochet in every stitch along. And they yeah. get confused. Yeah, yeah. It actually, it's like that for me, which I totally understand because I have you, right? Yeah. I just need to ask you and you just show it to me and that works for me, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't work always that way. Yeah, so don't don't try and just get it visually. Try to read and understand because and do it in tandem mm. so that one sort of supplements and like uh, the other and it's not just you're getting used and developing one technique of learning and then yeah. you forget how to learn in another way. Yeah, of course. So that's point number three. Moving on to point number four, don't buy patterns immediately. Don't th- buy patterns yeah, don't, immediately. Do not, do not buy patterns. I think it's very tempting to, as you're learning, mm-hmm. to immediately go online and say, oh, I like this pattern. I'm going to search patterns. Yeah. This is something I want to do. I want to, you know, I'm going to yeah, learn I- crochet with the intention to make this thing. Yeah, I mean, the first instinct is to, I want to make something, make a project and do something, but I don't know what to do, so I immediately get an instruction manual, for example, to, yeah. to show me how to make a shirt, you know. Yes, 
don't do that. Why? Why not? <laughs> because it's very confusing and it's going to confuse you even more than you already are as a beginner. As a someone who is starting in crochet, you are not going to understand the difference between a chain up two and a chain up three at the start of every row to prepare you for a double crochet for example okay because certain patterns will tell you and don't forget these patterns are written by other makers and people like mm-hmm. you and me and so they will have their own personal style of doing something so for example if they need to complete a simple a simple role in double crochet it could be a chain up three for them but for you it could be a chain up two right and until you understand how that works you're going to follow to a T and it may not suit your personal style. So a chain up two for them could be because they're using a size 5 hook and you know their tension is slightly looser. But for people like me, and I know many of mm. you guys out there, your tension is much tighter, you're a tight crochet. So yeah. your chain up two would be way too short and it would bunch your work up in a funny way. Yeah, yeah. And these are not things that you would understand just by buying a pattern off the bed and looking and at it. immediately learning from the pattern. Yeah, and you're also not going to understand how how difficult or complex a pattern is. You know, it's like a lot of times I get new students who come to class and they, they show me a very complicated pattern, mm. say maybe in like... You know, like a star stage. And you're wondering or, why am I starting off with this yeah, and complex I said, thing. And I have to sort of manage the expectations in a sense that I have to, to sort of disclaimer at the mm. start of every session. This is not something we're going to be able to do until a session maybe five or six. Right. If we are lucky. Right. If we are fast enough. Yeah. And there's something that I won't realise until... I actually like you know figure out the basics first. Yeah, and patterns are not cheap, you know. It, I mm. mean, they can be as cheap as like two, three dollars, but most of them can go from like ten to twenty, and more complex ones can go if you're buying a a, a different set of patterns to make clothes, for example. Yeah. The top is a cost. The bottom is a yeah. cost. I've seen like dress patterns for like thirty dollars. Mm. That's not including the material cost, and you need so much more material than you think. Yeah, correct. I so, mean, yeah. Yeah, so I would suggest you don't buy patterns off yeah. the bed. Just go and learn the basics first and think about it. Yeah. It's the idea of having really like maybe picking up bad habits first and the the concept of unlearning all these things yeah. because I've learned it already. Yes. You know? And I think that's the that's the problem with maybe trying to do something where uh, to start off somewhere where I'm not so start, start off at yet. Right. Kinda, I think. I think that, that also plays a part, but I think my concern now, for now initially, especially if you have no prior experience to it, is that you will be very confused mm. and it's going to force you to, I guess, pick up habits, like you say, yeah. that that could be very, you know, not effective and not efficient in your, you know, the way you work and yeah. all that. And it's going to immediately turn you off crochet, which is not what we are trying oh, to do here. Right, I understand. And also, I just, I'm not for the idea of spending money before you know, like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to p- buy a pair of Nike shoes if I don't even know how to walk yet. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> okay, sort of yeah, that concept. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Okay, so, point number five. Point number five is my personal favourite and something that I emphasise all the time, and that is to write everything down. Keep a notebook and pen in your project bag or, you know, whatever, in your yeah project area. My crochet bag. <laughs> yeah, or crochet bag or whatever and write every single thing down. Documentation is key to bettering your craft and that works for every craft along the way, in- crochet included. And I think I mentioned this in our one of our previous episodes where we talked about... Crochet- Important tools that we need, right? Yeah, yeah, crochet tools. And I said that 
you know, a notebook and a pen is so essential for me. Yeah. I never go anywhere without it. You will never see me crochet nowadays without some sort of yeah. pen and paper right. around the house. Yeah, because everything I do, every modification I make, I write it down. And of course, I, I would put a little note, you know, modified this and I did this instead of this. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be neat. And if you're one of those who are afraid of, like, spoiling, quote-unquote, a new clean notebook, write it on, you know, like, spare paper and then transfer it to the notebook when you feel confident too. Yeah. You know, have... So I started out with a, a clipboard and a bunch of scrap paper. Yeah, papers all around the place. Yeah, and yeah. it's like clipped, paper clipped together and yeah. it's just like clipped to the, to the clipboard. And it, w- it wasn't until I started getting confident with the pattern and I know that this pattern works and I've done this pattern many times successfully, then I, I transferred it into the notebook, which is something that you can do too if you're afraid of, you know, dirtying a pristine <laughs> new notebook, which I know is, you know, it's a, like sort of a pet peeve for some for people. For you, yeah, okay. Yeah, for me included actually too. Yeah, I think it's just one of those tools that you don't think much about it, but once you start, and then, um, at least for me, you know, when I'm working on a, a, a stitch that uh, I'm not so familiar with, mm-hmm. but I've done it before, me having that notebook makes me, uh, allows me to go back and look through that stitch again. Yeah, and you're gonna be you're gonna be writing it realistically in your own words. Yeah, how right. you say it to yourself. So if you come back to it and go, hmm, what did I do here? Yeah, I thought anybody can read my notes. Uh, yeah, to be because honest. it's it it's what it what <laughs> it's what makes sense to you in your head in your language the way you say it to yourself. You know, yeah. so it's very highly personalized. It's not like a YouTube video where you watch and then they say in their way that maybe you don't understand always. You you don't always understand yeah. it immediately. And like, just write everything down basically, you know, the brand of yarn, what size hook you use, mm. what, you know, what m- material you use. Yeah. For me, I scribble down drawings and things like that also. Yeah, it's like not just diagrams. like words, yeah. Yeah, because if you're not, a, you're not a, like a, you don't read, you don't get information via reading and you get it better, you know, like through pictures. Yeah. And then you can draw it down and then... With arrows and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and like have like a little asterisk here and there to help you understand better. But all this requires you writing it down. Yeah. So write it down. Now, point number six. Always wind up your yarn. Wind up, like into a cake? Into a cake, yeah. Or if it's a sky, turn it into a ball. Mm. You don't have to have a yarn winder for this. I also did talk about this in one of our previous episodes. You don't need a fancy yarn winder. Just get a regular toilet paper roll or a, a bottle that you don't use, empty bottle, and wind your yarn around it. Okay. But it's important for you to wind your yarn before you start working with it. Don't work with it right off the the ball that you get from the shop. And the reason for that is that it allows you to to assess the quality of your yarn and oh. to detect any issues in the yarn. Um, okay. And like if there are color changes or, or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. And so one example would be, there are so many times I pull a yarn ball from the center and after working maybe two or three rows, I realized that there is a big knot. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and if I happens. had known that prior to starting, I would have taken out that knot and maybe, you know, removed that chunk and kept it for, I don't know, maybe to sew in my ends or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, a knot is just one thing. We have had instances where we take out and then like uh, in the middle of it somewhere, it's like a big fluff ball or something. Yeah, and there's something wrong with yeah, the yarn. The or colour like... is a bit off. Yeah, so the other thing for you to assess is the colour variation yeah. in it. 
not especially if you're getting variegated it looks very nice on the outside of the yarn but yeah. sometimes in the middle it could be a different thing you may not like the way the color changes and winding it into you know winding it out allows you to go through essentially the entire length of that one yarn strand mm. to make sure the color is the way you like it because there's this thing where you can manipulate the yarn out of the ball and if you want to start with a certain color you sort of need to know where the colors are yeah and then you can pull out that color and start from there yeah you know another thing is that it's very common especially if you get millen packs those four those big 400 yeah. gram packs yeah we talked about this before yeah, so, yeah sometimes by pulling out the ball in the center you realize that the yarn is not connected yeah it's 250 grams ball wound into one big 100 gram sky. Yeah. It's it actually it's actually more common than you uh, think, than you right? Think, yeah. Yeah. So always wind up your yarn before you start because this is a great way for you to check mm. that everything is in good working order and sometimes um, also with color vari- variation, the outside of the ball is very nice and the inside the color fades. Mm. And you know, we, we don't want that in our project, yeah. right? Unless yeah. you do then that's fine, but at least you know it before. Yeah, at least you know, yeah. That's yeah. the point. Okay. Point number seven, crochet takes time. And I guess this mimics point number one, but I want to emphasize just how much time it takes. Mm. Crochet is not a quick and easy art where you can sit down, like I said, within an hour and complete something unless you're doing a small project. But it's it's also not as simple as just crocheting and that's the end of it. There is so much more to crocheting, like, you know, choosing the right yarn and hook ratio and sewing in your ends and thinking about strength and structure in your work. And depending on what project you you want to do, choosing the right material to match that. Yeah, basically all, a lot of prep work before that. Yeah. yeah, and all that takes time. You know, it's not just... Y- y- we are not just counting, oh, you know, two hours from start to end. We are counting the time it takes for us to sew in the ends at the yeah, end of it. Right. Yeah. We are talking about the time it takes us to wash and block, which can take up to two days sometimes. We are talking about the time pre-project before, you know, before we even start. Yeah to plan how much yarn we need, to go get the yarn. You know, it's not so simple where you can just take a yeah. pen and paper and draw in front of you. And also, I'm not the most patient person. Actually, but, neither am I. <laughs> but I realised that uh, because it's such a slow craft, mm-hmm. and as a beginner, I get tired very easily, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. So it also takes a lot of time in that sense where I have to rest, I have to stop. Because, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Definitely. I, I had the issue initially where I tried to rush a lot of my projects and it like, you know, didn't turn out as well. It didn't well. turn out well, yeah, because you know, you're tired. Yeah, and also when you're tired, like, you know, yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, that. because when you're tired also, your hand may maybe loosens yeah. or you overcompensate and you grip yeah. and then your tension is different. Or if you crochet when you're stressed, yeah, your exactly. work gets really tight. Yeah. And initially, it was like that a lot for me, you know, then I get like, uh, you know, that I'll put it away for some time and I, I just won't get back to it. Because yeah, because I'm, you feel so demoralised, yeah, right? Yeah, correct, yeah. Yeah, so it takes a lot of time, more time than people realise. And so when I give, you know, customers mm. uh, a time frame, they say if they want like a, a, a top or shirt and I just recently completed a shirt a, a, a blouse and it took me three full days to work at a acceptable rate yeah you know realistically how many hours can I crochet in one sitting you know it's I guess all in all if I if I add it together it probably took me maybe seven hours but yeah. it's split up among three days and it's like an hour it is really very fast already yeah, for your speed I, you know, I think so to too honest. it's like one hour breaks three one hour sessions in one day. Yeah. And that's, you know, including, you know, trying to pack things up and get it mailed to you. And so when I tell people, you know, if you want a blanket, it maybe takes me like 
two to three weeks or a scarf could be maybe two to three weeks maybe sometimes a month if I have a lot of bad yeah. orders and they'll be like what three weeks and just churn it out to be honest that's really fast already for me to that do a is, sweater yeah. for myself I think I took like what three months three months yeah you know and and this is like really with like no kind of much breaks in yeah, between yeah, and yeah. I'm like physically doing this like and every day. And you were quite consistent with it also and still it took you three months. Yeah, yeah. And I guess going back to the earlier point when I said that YouTube is not your only resource, mm. it's very easy to watch a video on YouTube that's like cut down or edited down to 20 minutes and think that, oh great, I could complete this in a day. Yeah. You know, so now I'm going to contact you guys and I want I want you to teach me how to create a sweater in one session which is yeah. two hours. You know, because the video is 20 minutes, so like two hours should be more than enough time for you to, you know, create, do something. But yeah. it, it doesn't work that way. And I think if you if you absorb knowledge via YouTube exclusively, it gives you a very unrealistic view of how much time you really need yeah. to crochet. And therefore, it's so important for me to emphasize this, that things, something you need to know before you start crochet is that it's going to take a lot, a lot, a lot yeah. of time. I mean, it's a slow craft for a reason and it's not something that, uh, you know, I've learned the hard way that it's not something that you can, it's not something you can rush into. Yeah, that's you know, right. Because at the end of the day, anything you rush is probably not going to turn out like really fantastic. Yeah, that's right. So, okay, so moving on to point number eight. Uh, point number eight is you need more yarn than you think. <laughs> as straightforward as that. And I yeah. actually covered this in a quick questions episode previously yeah uh, about how much yarn you need and this is something i get asked all the time if they you know uh, like a student will go go yarn shopping and then i'll receive texts with pictures saying oh I'm, i want to buy this two balls of yarn is this enough to make my you know sweater yeah and i'll be like uh ma'am you need like eight balls of yarn and they're like huh it's so expensive i can't afford eight balls because you know if one ball of yarn is twelve dollars then <laughs> eight times yeah. $12 is so ex- so yeah, much money correct. yeah and people don't realize it like how much yarn you need actually yeah and, and yeah which at the end of the day if you add up yeah it probably makes more sense to go out there and buy like a sweater with half the price yeah but, but you don't get that satisfaction yeah. and I'm and this point is specifically for learning to crochet because if you are a knitter knitting takes up so much less yarn than crochet does oh okay but because of that it also gives you a much thinner smoother um, untextured look uh, a look yeah right. whereas crochet is chunkier it's a mm. little bit more it's it's got more texture it's got more body and in general the way crochet stitches are built requires you pull in a lot of yarn yeah, okay. in your project so this is specific to crochet crochet and if you really want us to go in depth into how much yarn you really need i have a quick questions episode i'm not sure where but i will link it below um, or go to our Instagram and you can I'm sure you can find it there somewhere and in that episode I go through really specifically how much yarn you need and I've broken it down to like 100 grams of this 200 grams of this 300, 400, yeah. 500, 600 onwards so you can head over there and check that out yeah. I think visually initially when uh, I first started learning about crochet right a ball of yarn looks like a lot you know yeah. and it wasn't until I understand like you know the weight of things or the length of things that you start to Un- understand the concept of like how much you actually need to make maybe even like even a small scarf thing. or something like that you yeah know? that's right and like a, a, so ju- just to give you some like understanding a, a regular scarf maybe would take you like three or four balls of yarn yeah okay, and that's a lot already yeah <laughs> okay so point number nine. Oh, we're at number nine already that yeah that's quite fast actually point number nine is there is so 
much <laughs> planning. Mm, there's yep. layouts, there's measurement, there's yarn weightage, there's you know there's swatch gauges you have to do. There's pre and post measurement, which is like after you block them, what's the sizing will change, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, head over to check our swatch gauge episode. Yeah. Um, and there's so much measurements, especially if you're doing clothes, and you know the length of your chain stitch is not the length of your project and you know yeah. depending on if you're working into the back bumps or if you're working into the main V portion of the chain stitch your work's gonna expand your yeah. work can shrink and there's just so much to account for yeah this is something that I also learned through the process of me making a lot of uh, jackets and sweaters mm-hmm, yep, now yep. you know the idea of all the prep work that I have to do and all the yeah. planning that I need to do and, and it's just you don't know how it, much you do, yeah, you, it takes. you don't really know how so, much. So for reference, Mel just finished a granny square, um, like sort of like a cardigan. And it's made up of three different colours. So it's like one plain dark grey granny square. There's plain light grey granny squares. There's plain blue granny squares. And there's one that's mixed. So like <laughs> a multicoloured one. And I think you didn't realise, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, how much planning it took because you need to know how you want to lay it out. Yeah. So like, it was a lot of her laying things on the floor. Yeah. You know, and swapping and, things. Yeah, and rearranging it. You know, does this colour look better with that one? And I think my issue that I had was when Ines told me that, oh yeah, you can have multicoloured squares or so. And I was like, oh, great. You know, multicolour, more colours, you know, very nice. That's what I wanted. Yeah. So I made many, many different multicoloured squares. Uh-huh. And guess what? I had to do, what do you call that? Um, so in the uh, ends. I had to sew in the ends and it was a nightmare I yeah. swear and so that that also accounts to the planning if you're gonna change colours a lot you're gonna have a lot of a lot of tails sticking out of your project yeah and I had some tails that weren't long enough oh my god mm, yeah was... and all that takes time to sew in so you need to account that if it takes you three days to crochet it might take you one extra day to you know sew in your ends so what I do is I will just I will wait to the very end I'll finish the whole project. I'll leave all my tails out like a Medusa. <laughs> I'll pour a glass of wine. I can't do that. Oh my gosh. I'll sit down. I'll play some nice music. I'll pour a glass of wine. And I'll sit down and I'll slowly yeah. sew in my ends. At least it's in, it's I'm sitting in comfort. Yeah. With, you know, and the drunker you get, maybe the faster <laughs> yeah, you maybe, go. Yeah, maybe, right. Yeah, the funny thing is that crocheting is not the issue here. You know, it's the, 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 the sewing in the ends that is actually the most tedious which, for me. Which right? is the planning. Ah. It's just the pre and the post. Yeah. So if I were to divide um, in terms of percentage, crocheting only takes up 30%. Yeah. The first 30 is the pre-planning, the actual crocheting is the braidless part, and the final 30% is the planning and the the, the, the blocking and the cleaning yeah. up and the you know, sewing in the ends and making yeah. sure things are sturdy and you know, and that takes the final 30%. Yeah. And the other 10% I think is probably like you know, your own skill or your own like <laughs> yeah. however you yeah. so this is like my instant of uh you know if if I knew this beforehand I probably w- wouldn't make as many like maybe multicolored squares uh and it would be more like a solid color then. Yeah but it's nice it's yeah it's, it's, a, it's a nice, nice yeah. yeah and point number ten last one the last point that you need to know which is I think the most important point is that there are UK, UK terms 
in US terms uh, when it comes to crochet. Right. Most people don't realize, especially if you are a beginner and have no prior experience, and even if you have some experience, it's not something that it's I figured out. Confusing, yeah. Yeah, so I only figured this out after a lot of trial and error, and I think I was crocheting for like a year at this point, one full Already, year of crocheting. And yeah. it was still confusing. So to give you an a understanding of what I'm saying, in the US, we have, you know, single double, half double, and all that that we are familiar with. Mm -hmm. But in the UK, those same stitches are called something different. So a single crochet in the US terms is a double crochet in the UK terms. Oh my goodness, and you don't even use a different name. Yeah, and they sort of overlap the name. So an actual double crochet in US terms is a treble crochet. And a treble oh. in the US, in the UK, it's a double treble. And oh. there's double treble, triple trebles and all that. And it's so it's very confusing because they use the somewhat similar names, but they refer to different, different things. things yeah. So the very first time I encountered this, I was extremely confused why some people say a double is a double and some other people refer to a treble as a, a, a double, a double yep. as a treble. And so I thought it was just a different way of calling it. And so I started to use treble and double stitches now in the US terms interchangeably. Ah. And that did so much damage to my projects. Yeah, yeah, of Especially course. Especially as, as I was doing like mandalas, like round mandala circles. It made my work buckle, it didn't lay flat. No matter yeah. how much blocking I yeah. did, it couldn't get it to stretch yeah. out nicely. And until I read a book and it said that this book is written in UK terms. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What is UK terms? And why is it they need to explicitly state that, right? Yeah, and luckily at the very back there was like a little annex that said, Oh, UK versus US terms and that was when uh, it hit me. I'm like, no way. There are actually two different ways of calling one dang thing. Yeah. So a single crochet in the US terms is just, it, it's a double crochet in the UK terms. Yeah. And it's like this Cannot and be so more much confusing. more. It's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. So the last and most important point of this is really to check what your stitch pattern is written in, yeah. in which language first. Don't assume that if someone's from the UK, they're going to use the UK terms because they could also do it in the US. Yes, term. correct. Yeah. And especially if you're watching YouTube, the, the makers or the creators could be so familiar with what they're doing that they don't think to tell you that this is US versus uh, UK. They just use the terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and is, so that yeah. really frustrates me. So what I like to do is I like to ignore what they're saying and I like to watch the video because mm. I, I know visually what a single crochet looks, looks like. like. Yeah, yeah, correct. So if I see they're doing a single and they say, oh, put two double crochets here, then I know that this is a UK term. Yeah. And then I have to make my adjustments that way. And it's, yeah. it's, it's particularly difficult if you're trying to transcribe a pattern from the US to the UK or the UK to the US or whatever because yeah. it's even it's even more confusing to have to remember every time you see a double they mean a single a single yeah every time they say a treble they mean a double I, I cannot <laughs> like remembering the terms is already one thing to tell me there's like another way of saying it uh, yeah yeah yeah, and it's... I, I, I don't know why... I mean, if they're going to use another term, they might as well use an entirely different term. The, the, the confusing part is that they're using like the same words to represent like, different things. You know, that's not all. In the US versus the UK, in the US, the foundation row does not count as a first row. Whereas in the US, the foundation row is row number one. 
so for the UK, I skipped the foundation row and my next row is row number one. Yeah, so the foundation row is like row zero. Oh my, row zero. <laughs> okay. Because they say it's foundation plus one and then two and then three and then four. So uh, it's very easy to misunderstand and think that the foundation row is part of the stitch and then you count it that way as mm. part of your stitch repeat. Yeah. But your stitch repeat could actually be from row two, three, four, onwards. five onwards. Right. And you don't include row oh, one. Wow. So okay. if you are used to doing it in the U- US terms and you find a pattern in the UK, they will tell you row one. But remember that row one is just it's it's doesn't include the foundation. Yeah. And and this is another reason why you shouldn't immediately buy a pattern off and start. Yep, because, exactly. Good job. Yeah. See, fast learner. Good job. Yeah. Go. So that's yeah. That's <laughs> what she said. <laughs> okay. So are we done? Okay. And for sticking around so far, I have a bonus. Bonus! 11th point. Something you need to know before you start crochet. Okay. Point number 11 is that there are so many ways to do a stitch. Everyone has their own modifications, mm-hmm. so don't get confused. Remember, as you're working with it, it is very, very important to try and modify the stitches to what suits you best. Okay, when you say modify... So, remember how I talked about the chain up 2 versus chain up 3? Ah, right. Okay. So, that's one option. Mm -hmm. Another example could be like if you're doing the foundation chain and they tell you to chain a certain amount and you are not confident that you can chain that certain amount, don't get stuck with only doing what they say. You can over-chain, like I say, like I've mentioned in the past, you can over-chain your foundation and then, you know, remove it as long as your end product is the same. I think that's the most important thing. If they tell you, you know, you know, go into this particular stitch and pull up a loop, you know. Mm. If it's difficult for you, you can modify where you, where which hole or mm. which stitch you decide to pull up from as long as at the end of the day, it kind of looks like what it's supposed to You have like. the correct number of stitches yeah. across in that row. And I think one thing I've noticed is that a lot of new crocheters would stress a lot about I can't find, you know, where I'm supposed to put my hook in and yeah, I, I can't yeah. find where it's a, is the placement of things. It actually doesn't really matter. Mm. As long as you have the right number of stitches, that's the most important thing moving forward because you don't want to be losing stitches or increasing stitches as you go along, right? Then you yeah. have an increase or a decrease. You're not trying to do that. You're trying to get the same amount of stitches throughout. So that's also one way you can modify. Or for example, if, you know, you're working on a granny square and you know that your tension is too too uh, tight and in order to get it to lay flat in the corners of a granny square if you're familiar with it it's a two double crochet chain two two double double crochet crochet, or three double crochet chain two three double crochet you can choose to do a chain three there instead of a chain two Mm. if that's what works for you Mm, but as a beginner is this something that like I just need to you know test it out myself and you know how how do I know what to modify and how to modify it as as a beginner it's important to follow what the pattern says first and look at it for yourself look at your work lay it flat try to figure out what you could do to loosen it you know a good question to ask yourself is if I adjust this pattern here in this section will Mm -hmm. it will it affect the future rows and what can I do to affect you know to do to to fix the future rows that might be affected for it okay or for example if a pattern say for example like the star stitch or the herringbone and they tell you to you know do it a certain way but maybe you want a little border along the side you can still work into the side of stitches and create a border even though it's not part of the pattern 
but it's something that you want to do, uh, you can adjust it that way. Okay, you okay, know? I see what you mean. Yeah. I can add stitches to the foundation row to create like a flat double crochet border along the side. It's something that I can do. If I want to, you know, I don't want to start directly with a star stitch, for example. I want to have like a foundation row. I can do a row mm. of, you know, double crochet first or single crochet yeah. first before I start the actual pattern. Yeah. It really is up to your creativity okay. to experiment. Yeah, and I think that, that makes it fun. Like, when I was trying to do my sweater and then you were asking me, like, okay, how, what, what do you want to add next? And I'm looking to you, like, all confused and you're like, yeah, it's really up to me, you know? Yeah, like, tell me I what want you to, want yeah. and then we'll figure out how to get there. Yeah, correct. Right? Like, do I want a border? Do I want to, uh, you know, to make it, like, tighter at the ends or something like that? Yeah, and, and like, how, how, how your work turns out, which is why there are so many ways and sort of this... Um, brings us back to another thing that I'm saying that it t- it's planning it takes mm. a lot of planning you want to do your swatch gauge beforehand you want to test out different things so don't jump straight in to start the project yeah. always do like a, a test piece which is your swatch gauge you know have multiple swatches in different size hooks you know and if the pattern tells you use a size 4 and you think dang a size 4 is too big I'm going to downsize to a 3.5 go ahead and do that as long as you have a swatch gauge before that and you know what's going to turn out Yeah. your swatch gauge doesn't always have to match the pattern as long as you are aware of it, anything yep, is free range. Yep. At the end of the day, when you start doing it, it's, all that matters is that you're happy with it. You know? Yeah, exactly. So that's point number 11. Wow, bonus. Okay, so I hope that you guys have enjoyed this 10 plus 1 bonus. <laughs> things you have to know before you start learning crochet. And if you already crochet and you've already started, then maybe these are things that you can think about. You know, start yeah. a discussion with us. I love to hear what you guys have to say because it also widens my thinking, I think. Yeah, a lot so, of this was like my feedback to you so about what I struggled with when I first started with Yeah, and it's, it's, th- these are things that we have sort of gathered over time yeah. and especially for me in the past decade of doing this. It's something that I've sort of gathered and, you know, and also because recently Mel started crocheting so yeah. she's been saying to me, oh my god, why did you, you have tell me? This? Yeah, you should have told me. Yeah. So I thought that it would be interesting to share with you yeah. guys. If Definitely. you have any questions and or you wanna you know tell if if I've left out anything and you think it's important for us to know, feel free to drop us a message on our Instagram. We are at Crooked Crochet SG, or you know you can email to us actually too, right? Crooked Crochet SG at gmail.com. Um, and find us on our website www.crookedcrochet.com. And if you're in Singapore or even if you're not in Singapore, you can still text us, right? Yeah, for sure. You can text us at nine one two seven two seven four three. And with that, we are done with this episode. See you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Bye. See you next week. Bye.